Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee, your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. For more information on this podcast and the guests, visit songwritertrists.com. Well, I'm Angus Gill, and I come from a place called Warhope on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Um, and I'm a storyteller. That's the best way to sum me up. I'm 85% a lyricist, and the remaining 15% okay. I'm a composer. Um, but I'm also a producer and a comedian and an engineer and all sorts of things. Um, I'm kind of self-made independent artist. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for... I think 12 years and counting. Um, so yep. I'm 22, but um, I've been doing this a big portion you of my life. Young. Yeah, I did start <laughs> yeah. very young. Yeah, yeah. So I was a young sponge. I was not good at anything else. I will be honest. I, uh, well, I, I was good at school, but um, I'd always run in the opposite direction of the soccer ball and I really had no other choice but to come towards music. So, <laughs> um, you oh, that's know, funny. It's an interesting journey because I, mum kind of dragged me along to a, a shared guitar lesson, which my friend was also mm-hmm. taking. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is kind of good. I can kind of do this. And um, and then shortly yeah. after that, um, my old man got talking to a guy who lived around the road. Um, and he was actually a retired professional country singer by the name of William Lane, and he used to open up for hey. Smokey Dawson and Mary Schneider and Cowboy yep. Bob Patel and all of those, um, you know, greats. And uh, yep. he kind of offered up his time to come around every Sunday and um, and teach me how to sing and play. And I was really in awe about, you know, what he'd achieved and he had music out and, mm. and, and vinyls that he was showing me and, you know, all, <laughs> all of these pictures up on his wall. And um, and so I learnt his songs first and then I learnt um, Leave Him Out There in the Long Yard was the first song uh, I learnt after that of Slim's, yeah. written by uh, yeah. Kelly and Marion Dixon. So... To leave him out there in the long yard, do not rush him. Leave him out there with his mate, the bully babe. Leave him there till after smoker, then we'll catch him. Pull his tail and turn him out today. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's how I came into music. And then I formed my first school band um when i was in grade three we we were called angus gill and the wild turkeys um we didn't know we were promoting bourbon in the school assembly each week but um but but that's great you know a little bit of extra promotion i'm sure there was plenty of uh bourbon drinking teachers in the uh, in the assembly hall so um 
No, yep. we we were a real hit. Uh, you know, I'd do um, stirring renditions of Silver Threads and Golden Needles in the assembly, and you know that yep. went down like a lead balloon. And and we'd do the school <laughs> song each week, and that also went down like a lead balloon. But but somehow I gained wow. a bit of a following around the school. Um, and I, I was vice captain in, in, um, in year six. And, and so I'd be up there mm. all the time. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's how I kind of started. I also got my first gig, uh, when I was 10 playing at the Timbertown, um, theme park in Warhope, which is an 1880s mm. kind of heritage village. And I would play there for Ooh. four hours for, um, wow. $25 and a meat pie. And, uh, and and I would, that's child slave labor, isn't it? (laughs) And I would, um, I would sing all of the, you know, click goes the shoes, boys, you know, or, um, (laughs) waltzing Matilda and the shores of Botany Bay, farewell to your bricks and mortar and all those ones, you know, (laughs) kind of, it's almost like some of them were sea shanties and kind of, Pirate's Life for Me type songs. Yeah, um, so, crazy. So that's where I really cut my teeth on, you know, learning how to entertain crowds because some weeks we'd have, you know, 500 tourists that would just blow through um, and, and that would be great. Yeah. Um, and I would always be like I, I love entertaining and still to this day I love entertaining huge crowds. You know, I, I'd prefer to do that than yeah. than possibly go on the giant drop at dream world or something. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah. so that, um, that really excites me, but playing to like three people, um, which was the reality some weeks, you know, in, in kind of off peak times, um, that, that was the real yeah. challenge. And, and I learned to, um, you know, be able to, you have to put more energy into three people than you do to, you know, 500 people. Um, and so mm. it, it really, it really taught me a lot, and I, I really honed my performance chops by doing that Timbertown gig, and I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. You know, I, I loved, you know, chatting yeah. with the blacksmith and the um, bullock driver and the train driver, and uh, you know, all of the different characters around the theme park. So that was a pretty cool experience to have when I was ten, and I did it for a couple of years after until I kind of reached high school. Welcome to my heart. Yourself at home. Welcome to the life I live and the simple things I know. Welcome to this love. Yeah, that's the best part. Come on in. Welcome to my heart. That was your training ground. Mm, it was. Essentially. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> and so what, when did you start go from like learning all these songs and, and performing and entertaining to writing your own song? I kind of came into songwriting probably around, you know, 10 or 11. Um, and I was actually, uh, it's interesting because I, I, I got a heap of computer microphones and things from the school library, from the primary school library. Um, and I started mm-hmm. experimenting with home recordings on Audacity and so forth, and and they sounded absolutely atrocious, mm-hmm. as you can well imagine. But um, <laughs> but it was it was a great kind of training ground. Like I, I look back and I think that was that was kind of the the genesis, the apple seed, if you will, of of you know where my writing and and production 
uh, interest started mm. right then and there. Um, and I, I remember we had, I, I put out a single, um, I probably would have been in about grade four or five. And this was Angus Gill on the Wild Turkey's debut single. It was called This Is Living. It was inspired by BCF. <laughs> Uh, because that ad must uh-huh. have been on TV all of, all of the time. And I thought, oh, there's a song in the making, you know. So <laughs> we sat down and, <laughs> and, uh, and I wrote that. And um, actually, I attended the Country Music College, I think, when I was 12. And I'd written a few songs and, and won wow. a few junior songwriting awards, um, uh, the Australian yep. Children's Music Foundation. And I think I had won a TSA award at that point tamworth songwriters association award at that point as well and so i had a bit of a natural knack for for writing and for lyrics um but jim haynes Mm -hmm. and i um really kind of hit it off because on the first night of the country music college um everyone went to uh the carrie underwood concert because carrie was in Tamworth at that time, except Jim Haynes and myself. Yep. Um, and so we, we sat around in the, um, the food hall and, um, and Jim said, oh, you know, so you write songs, do you, you know, can you play me something? So I picked up the guitar and, and played him a few things and he could see I'd, I'd, I'd learn a lot and I had a natural knack for it, kind of, which I'd picked up by osmosis. I did kind of gone okay well there there needs to be imagery in there and um and obviously this Mm -hmm. is the the hook part of the chorus and and so forth and I I had picked up bits and pieces and so he really kind of sat me down and started to just lay out the the craft of writing because um writing comes in two parts it's the art and that is the inspiration Mm -hmm. the idea which is so important because the song is only as good as the idea and the angle that, that mm. you choose um, is also a crucial part in, you know, making the song great. Um, and then you've... What do you well, mean by the angle? Uh, you know, if I'm talking about, you know, trains um, and I want to write a song about trains and I go, how am I going to write a song about trains? So yeah. it's not, you know, so it, it doesn't present as, as cliched or, or as a trite thing and so i would try and find a story you know from the perspective of a train driver or or a passenger or um just dig deep and really crack open that that topic and try to find an angle a a perspective um you know a, a point of view that you can um that you can write that you can present that idea you know it's it's kind of like picking up a flashlight and, and pointing it in a specific direction mm. or a magnifying glass. Um, you know, you're really trying yeah, to find, because, you know, there's so many songs written about trains. Some of them are great. Some of them are not so great. Um, mm. And the same thing, you know, I, I judge song competitions a lot and, and um, you know, there's lots of uh, songs about, you know, war and, and Anzac Day and, and so forth and, and um Quite a few of them are just rehashing the same old, same old, and it's really hard to find to to write a great um, war song in in twenty twenty without a great angle and, and a seed of of an idea that yeah. is that is really different and catches listeners off guard because that's the way that you're going to be able to affect them. If you know what I mean. So there's the art and the craft yeah. of yeah. writing. I I already kind of had the art there. I was uh, I was 
finding stories. I was reading lots of history, even like I was into history, even when I was 12, mm-hmm. you know, such a nerd. Um, b- mm. But then the craft gym oh, sat me down and, and really said, okay, well, uh, you know, this is the, this is the structure of, of the songs. There's, there's kind of three types of structures, um, that you can choose when you write a song. There's an AAA song, which is a verse, verse, verse. There's an AABA mm-hmm. song and there's a verse mm-hmm. and chorus song, which is obviously the most popular, um, form. And so he, he kind of laid down the ground yeah. rules for those song structures and then went into detail about every little part of the writing process and, and mostly taught me how to edit well. Um, so because you have all that inspiration coming in, it's just flowing in, flowing in, flowing in, but then, and that's kind of the right brain, you know, side um, of writing and mm. then, then your left brain more analytical side needs to channel that into something that's mm. cohesive and that's um you know every every line is strong and and um and works on its own and and there isn't any dead wood in the song um and so you know he yeah. really taught me a, a lot about that that kind of left brain analytical editing process if, if you know what i mean and so that was a great yeah. lesson to have yeah. at such a young age um, and so he um, mm. invited me to come down and spend a couple of days with him in in Sydney, um, and he played me all of these these different artists, you know, Jim Jim Crochet, um, Jody Messina. He even played a couple of Buddy Good songs to me, and um, and, and just yeah. really wow. um, laid down the law of uh, writing. I also wrote a song with him, um, <laughs> and, and I was very grateful to have that. Um, experience very early on. And then he kind of, he said, okay, you, you need to go and read this Pat Patterson book. You need to go and read this Sheila Davis book. Um, you know, he, he really, yeah, and I, yeah. I studied that. I, I studied all of those books meticulously. Um, and, and that really, yeah. um, you know, gave me the, the tools and, and the equipment to be able to take an idea and and channel it into something that that I was proud of. Yeah, amazing. So funny you mentioned that. I've actually um, just had a conversation with Pat Patterson. Oh, great. Last week. Fantastic. On the weekend. Yeah. Um, and just being able to learn from people like that. I think, like he said, um, you know, when he's teaching, you know, he's te- he teaches people who are like professional and then mm. you've got your beginners as well. And I think like what you're, you're saying is like, it's you did pick up on obviously you would have picked up on heaps of stuff by learning all of those songs and performing all of those songs that you, mm. you had learned the cover songs you kind of know that there is structure but by learning it you can then become intentional about what you're doing and when you're creating your own songs yeah to be able to be so intentional mm. from so young um is a real gift that's amazing that you had that sort of support totally. inspiration. Yeah, I've, I've- you know, uh, I owe a lot to Jim Haynes for that. Like it, it might have seemed like a small thing, mm. you know, a gesture of kindness or something at that time, but it, it really, <laughs> I will yeah. be forever grateful to him for that because that that really um, sat me down early on and just sinks me in with, um, you know, you, you you have to know the rules before you can break them, and and it's really, you know, some people 
go along yeah. writing all these songs and they really haven't studied the process. And, uh, you know, you can't really, yeah. you know, I- improve if, if you don't learn that. Like it's, it's, you can improve and you will slowly start improving, but it's, you know, it's hard to do when you, you know, you kind of just set off on a bit of a false path, if you mm. know what I mean. So I love it. I mean, so many people in art say you got to break the rules, but like you said, you can't break exactly. the rules if you don't know what the rules exactly. are. <laughs> so, um, no, that's a really, really cool thing. So was there a clear moment for you? You said that like, you know, it was soccer or music. Um, which it wasn't soccer. Very, very funny. That, that you was went. obvious. <laughs> but was, <laughs> was there a clear moment for you where you were like, yeah, I'm going to be a songwriter? Like well, that, that, yeah, was, that um, was it. I think, well, the first clear moment to me was when I was probably about 11, I'm going to say, um, and I met Adam Harvey um, down mm-hmm. at my local community radio station because my nan worked in the office um, as there as a, as a secretary. And so I got nice. about an hour off school to come down and meet him. Um, and, and I said, oh, I'm just about to go wow. back to the school and sing the national anthem, Adam. And he said, oh, well, you should come up and sing with me tonight <laughs> at my show at Port Panthers. And I was like, oh, really? You know, and oh. so I, I just, uh, you know, he was doing a show with <laughs> Becky Cole and, and I grew up listening to both of their music and I was, yep. you know, it was a full house. I was just such yeah. in awe of them as uh, consummate entertainers and, and comedians as well. You know, they're both very, uh, yeah. very funny people. Um, and, uh, and I, I really, Definitely. um, you know, I, I was just starstruck and I was in awe. And I remember <laughs> sitting backstage with, with Adam and Becky and the band and everyone. And I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. And then when I got out there and I did my duet with, with Adam, I looked out and I saw the faces in the crowd and I thought, mm. this is really what I want to do. Like there was, there was no turning back from that point on. Um, I was like, I'm set. So that, wow, that was a, a real defining, defining moment as an artist. Um, as a writer, I suppose, um, yeah. I won a lyrics only, um, uh, section in the Australian Children's Music Foundation, um, songwriting competition. I think I could have been, maybe in grade six or seven. Um, And I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, and it kind of gave me confidence um, in my, in my writing. Um, And then I won a a TSA Mm -hmm. um, junior songwriting um, uh, section shortly after that. And and that was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm on the right path here. And then after, you know, I, I met, Jim Haynes, it, it just really, yeah, that that was kind of the the point where I was like, you know, this is this is what I'm built to do, um, and yeah, yeah, and your family, family supported were, were you, were great. And well, when I was um, doing work experience in high school, I decided that I wasn't going to, you know, go down to the local vet or or um, you know, jail or <laughs> wherever. <laughs> And work experience, I, I decided yeah, that I was yeah. going to do co-writing as my my thing. So I, I called up um, Alan Caswell and, you know, you the late, great Carl Brody and Felicity Urquhart and Luke O'Shea <laughs> and Adam Harvey and oh. all oh. of these different people. And, yeah. um, and I wrote with them for school work experience and they had to 
Casual loves telling this story all the time whenever we're doing shows together. He had to sign like a form where it yeah, said, you know, Angus is competent at co-writing or something. <laughs> and uh, and he, he just loves bringing it up every time. And um, and so I, I wrote um, some, uh, uh, well, some of the songs that made up my first um, kind of self-produced album, Nomad. Um, and so some of the songs I, I, I wrote, yeah. um, you know, with, Luke O'Shea and so forth were on that album. And then I, I'd released some out as mm-hmm. singles prior to that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool as well. And, and since then I've, I've, uh, I, I write constantly, um, with other people for their own projects. I, I've got a song coming out on Adam Harvey's new record that comes out next year. Um, and I've got a, a cut on Jim Lauderdale's okay. new album, which is also coming out next year, I believe. Um, and so I'm having all these other people that are, um, you know, cutting songs that I've written or, you know, songs I've written with them, which is always wonderful. I, I love doing that. And so, um, since that, that, um, kind of, you know, work experience, um, I've been getting, you know, my, uh, my fair share of rights over here and in, you know, Nashville and LA and, um, so, um, yeah. you know, I just, I yeah. love being in a room, uh, with, with Very creative, cool. you know, enthusiastic people. Do you, mm. I mean, and it could be different with every single song, but is, do you have like, um, there's something that you want people to feel or to hear or to get from your music or like, it could just oh, be that you want them to feel happy. Yeah, or, 100%. There's always... Uh, you know, an an element of of something heartfelt behind you know the things that I write. Even like you, you're always trying to, you know. Steve Earle says the job is empathy. You know, and he's said that for um for yeah. the whole time. You know, he he does interviews and, and and things. He's always going. You know, well, the job's empathy, and and so I've always that's always stuck with me and. Um, and so you're always trying to make someone feel something when you write. Um, and it's, there's, there's always, there's always mm. a, an underlying intention every time because otherwise, why are you doing it? You know? Um, so I always sit down with an intention in, yeah. in mind. And, um, and there's all like, you've always, you have to have something to say before you write. I, I don't, uh, I don't write every day, but I read every day because mm. reading writers must read. Reading is so important. Um, and look, I, I don't naturally gravitate towards books. I have to kind of, you know, put that time aside every day because otherwise life gets in the way and Netflix is always waiting for yeah. you. And so, because we do live in such a digital world <laughs> and it's, it's so easy to just ignore books and ignore literature and just watch tv shows um but it's it's Mm. so important to be able to Mm. to read um and so even though i don't write every day i'm always um i've always got ideas rolling around in my head i'm always making notes um i've got about six thousand notes on my iphone um and so I, I'm always, if, if I get the seed of an idea, I'm always looking for those out the corner observations that, that, um, they seem very small, um, but mm. they in fact mean such a bigger thing. 
you know, in, in terms of the song. Um, I heard Laurie McKenna describe it. As, yeah. So she likes to describe the small details in the room and then let the listener put their story in there, you know. Um, so, so um, you know, yeah, that's a really good way to look at that. Mm. Um, and so even though I don't write every day, when I have a solid idea that, I, I know where the song's heading. I, I know what my intentions are. I I know that, that the hook is, is strong and the idea is worth writing. I will then sit down and actually start to write the song. And I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of solo writing for a new project that I'm doing, which is just 100% solely me um, producing, writing, playing, Um Mm-hmm. And so that that's been great because I normally my process is that I, I write almost the entire lyric before even picking up a guitar or any other instrument for that matter. So because I'm such a lyric based writer, like the opening right, line yeah. of a song is everything to me. The hook is everything to me. I'm always trying when I'm in a room writing with someone yeah. else, and they tend to be, you know, showing not telling. I'm always trying to inject an image in there. You know, I'm, I'm like, we need an image. Put an image in there because <laughs> I, I think, and and it's choosing yeah. the right image too because um, I, I detest cliches. Um, Pat Patterson mm. um, has has some great, you know, um, <laughs> observations and, and things to say about cliches and how to avoid them. Um and so um, yeah. it's always you're yeah. trying to find the right image. And um, I often draw the parallels between writing comedy, which is something I also do, um, and writing songs and, and observational comedy. Mm. You're, you're kind of you're still looking for those out the corner of the eye details that, that everyone notices but they don't mull over. And yeah. um, and then when when you say that as a as a comedian mm. or or you know in a comedy song or something, people give this laugh of recognition because um, they go, oh yeah, that's that's me, or or that happens to me all the time. Yeah. And you kind of do that in serious songwriting as well. But the details yeah. that you choose are obviously different from from serious writing to comedy. Mm. But um, but I, I draw those parallels um quite a lot because um you know it it's it's those those things that sometimes can develop into something much bigger um in in writing yeah Yeah. absolutely and things that are familiar make people and even even musically i think if something Mm. feels familiar or has a familiar groove um that's a great device to be able to to hook people into listening to the you know, listening to the lyric and, and kind of, you know, bringing you through to that, that chorus. But every every little thing in in the form of a song is trying to take mm. someone on a, on a journey and bring them in closer. Staring, staring at the back of a car Wondering if it's going to take us far And who these Weatherboard house In this town I felt I was always standing
Um, what's the best advice that you've ever been given when it comes to your music? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, mm. I think, well, I, th- I think as a writer, writers must read is very high up there. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think also Steve Earle has said to me too that, you know, writing is, is just like a nine-to-five job. You've got to punch in and punch out. And, um, yeah. you know, you can't just, just write when the inspiration strikes. You know, you have to kind of chip away at it. It's kind of an inspiration versus perspiration thing as well. And mm. when I have an idea, uh, pardon me, um, or, or yeah. if I have a, a title rolling around in my head and once I've decided what this is about and I, and I know what angle and, and what direction to push the song in, I'll, I'll start really working way at it and then even though you, mm. you you mightn't have the whole whole song you 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 know the song tells you where to go that's um something that yeah. i've i've learned and um I, I wrote with graham connors on my last album welcome to my heart and um and mm. he was always um he, he's a really like he's one of my favorite writers this country has to offer he's just the man is a genius and and a very a hell of a nice guy um, and so he has this interesting process too, where he he wakes up at five a.m. when he's in in writing, you know, when he's on the horse, um, and, yeah. and trying to come up with um with, with new material. You know, he'll get up at five a.m. and just toy around with this idea, and then he'll he'll kind of get to a certain point, you know, whether it's the chorus or the second verse, and he's just got to stop and put it down and wait until the next day but he's you know everyone has a different process but um i think it's i I need to have an idea of where the song's heading and then i'll i'll sit down and even if i just come up with a couple of lines and i keep just chipping away at it you just you're punching in Mm -hmm. and punching out and you're not just leaving it you know just to sit around and because at, at the end of the day you're trying to come up with a new album or you're trying to work towards a goal and so even if you write the song the whole song through and and go the idea is great but i just didn't say it right and um yeah it's interesting i i've got friends over in Asheville, um a great writer called jeffrey Steele, who um he said when he had his first hit um he said it was he had written this idea over and over and over again. And finally he got the right angle and the right way to say it and had a hit, but he'd written that same idea over and over, you know, kind of before. And, and it didn't, it it didn't really hit it except finally he, he cracked, cracked the code and it's, and writing's a lot like that. It's like cracking a puzzle, Mm. Uh, you know, it it Mm. just, everything all fits into place. And it, it works and it's it's right. And don't touch it, whatever you do. Leave it alone. It's done. <laughs> okay, forget about it. Move yeah. on. You know. <laughs> uh, oh, I like that. I think that was similar to the advice Amber Lawrence gave on her podcast where it's like it's great to have a song just flow out of you but always go back and edit your work and yeah. see if there is a way that you can make it better and make it great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've de- I'm definitely guilty of having – produced and released songs that literally just fell out of me and I didn't go back. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I, I can't um, remember who, who said it. It may have been Leonard Cohen. Um, I think it was Leonard Cohen. 
I don't know, but but yeah. the quote was, "It's not the art of writing; it's the art of rewriting." Um, yeah, so, I like that. That's you cool. know, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him that said it, but it could have been someone else. I can't remember, but I just love love that that um, that idea that um, like I've I've got this great app on my phone. Um, what's it called? It's called Master Writer, um, and, and I'm always mm-hmm. pulling it up and and looking at lyrics that I've had sitting around and just always trying to, I'm always trying to catch myself out. Have I missed something here? Have I overlooked something, you know? Um, and, and so it's, it's great to just be always, you know, like, you know, put the song away after you've written it and then just pull it out, yeah. give it a, you know, a day or two, a week, whatever, pull it out again and then go, okay. What have I got here? You know, is every line holding its worth? Is there something in there that's that's yeah. too cryptic, or or that's not quite gelling mm. with the rest of it? Yeah, no, it's um definitely definitely good advice um to let it settle mm. before going back to it. I've done that mm. a lot. Um, what about someone who is just starting out as a songwriter or maybe wants to be a songwriter but doesn't know where to start? What would you tell them? Well, I would say um, read Tom T. Hall's book, The Songwriter's Handbook, because that's a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really simply written um, and it's not above people's heads. Um, but if you dive into some of the other ones, well, you know, it, it it can be instantly above your head and then, you know, you just get confused and put mm-hmm. it aside. Um, I think, yeah, you know, know your stuff. Learn to study the craft, study the songs that you love and then and then see if you've you've got, you know, the, the chops to be able to put something together. And and don't be afraid to start something, even if it's even if it's not great or you're not confident in it because the more you do it obviously um that whole 10,000 hours thing the better you're going to get at it um except yeah. I, I think you know something else that Steve Earle says is that you know sometimes you've either got it or you don't have it and there's nothing you can do about it but you can learn through you know tools you you can you can improve what you've got too so um yeah yeah, sometimes you know Alan Caswell wanted to be a sportsman, but uh, you know he said it wasn't exactly, in his genes. Exactly. So. <laughs> sometimes you've either got it or you don't, sometimes. and yeah. and um and yeah. the same thing too. You know, so many singers think they have to write songs as well, and you know that's not the case. Mm. And um, look, well, some of the greatest don't, absolutely, don't do and uh, and you look to like mm. Linda Ronstadt. You know, hardly ever ever wrote like I. Mm. You know, Reba doesn't write much. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of very talent, like Sinatra and all of those guys. You know, they didn't write, and yeah, and yet they were. Yeah, yeah Elvis no, no. Not a so yep. you know, you don't have don't yep. think that you have to write. You you really you have to want it, and you have to you know have a have a knack with it. You have, there has to be something there um, yep. because otherwise, it's it's you know, um, it's just flooding the market with other ordinary songs you know <laughs> so do, do what you're good at or yeah, work on what totally. you want to do there's got to be absolutely, passion and drive, absolutely. Hey? Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. because i'm, cool. I'm never going to 
be a so, sportsman, let's face it. You know, I, I could be given all of the tools in the world, <laughs> but I'd still be hopeless at it. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, well, it's good that you found what you are good at because some people search mm. their entire lives mm. <laughs> don't find it till much later in life. So you're, you are lucky you found it at such a young age. Um, I've got one more question for you. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and Yeah, that's why? a good one. I would say Leonard Cohen or John Prine even. Yeah, I, I was so mm-hmm. sad to hear of, um, of Prine's passing this year and I had a few friends in Nashville that were good friends with him and I was hoping next time I was over there that I might be able to, you know, get the chance to shake his hand sometime and I, yeah. I really wanted to catch him live as well but, um, but yeah, such a, mm-hmm. such a loss, but we'll always have his music. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's the best legacy you can leave around when, you know, when you've got songs like he has. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, John Prine, Leonard Cohen either. Like, cool. You know, beggars can't be choosers. I'd take either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be in um, good company with either. Um, you'll have to wait, wait until you meet <laughs> yeah. the Perry Gates before you do co-writing with them. I think. But um, <laughs> uh, no, well, thank you so much. What what have you got coming on? So you've got this project coming up. Um, what I've else got you got several going on studio at the projects on the go that I'm kind of um, tackling one by one and just using this this time. You know, I'm not really touring too much. Um, kind of for the end of this year. Hopefully I might be able to tour early next year um, because I, I've got this new album, yeah. um, Three Minute Movies, which is uh, a collaboration with Paul Kelly's band and it's under um, Angus Gill and Seasons of Change. And so we just had a we had a number one yeah, amazing. with that on the air charts, air album charts yesterday, which was pretty exciting. And, um, yeah, and congratulations. It, uh, it's yeah. You know, getting good reception here and over in the States, which has been great. So I would love to be able to tour that with the PK mm-hmm. band, but obviously, you know, with the majority of them mm-hmm. being still um, locked down in Victoria, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hoping things mm-hmm. will look a bit brighter next year on the live performance scene. But in the meantime, I've, I'm just finishing projects. Um, I've got this comedy project I'm obviously um, working towards for next year. I'm producing uh, a new album for Emma Jean. Um, I'm doing one for Alan Mackey, another great kind of Queensland um, singer-songwriter, just just in, in Queensland. And so, um, and then I've got this solo project that I'm, I'm doing for myself too. So, you know, plenty of, plenty of creative projects yeah. to keep me on my toes. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. That sounds mm. like you're keeping busy. We have um, to. I think that's what yeah. we need to do yeah. during this um, weird time. It's good to keep totally. busy and stay creative as well. Um, so, yeah, is there anything else you would like to share before uh, we finish up? No, I think I think we've uh, we've covered some great ground today. <laughs> so, I, no, I really enjoyed the chat. That was great. Yeah, you've given great fun. No, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing. I mean, I feel like we could actually yeah. talk for another hour um, because you know, I've seen the amount of stuff that you've done. Um, so maybe we'll get to do a live one one day. We'll do a Angus Gill part two um, next time. But thank you so much for jumping on and sharing some of your journey with us. And I really look forward to sharing all of what you're doing. 
I'll put all your website and social links in the description so people can go check you out and support you and give you a follow. Um, but yeah, Thank good luck you. with the ARIA nomination. Thank you. Fingers for crossed me. for that one. And um, yeah, well done. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guests, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me. Wish I could.